Welcome back to another episode of Everyday Impact and Happy Thanksgiving. What a fun week and what a fun opportunity to get this episode out here as as we kick off the Thanksgiving weekend. I hope this uh, episode creates a lot of meaning for your life and gives you pretty awesome things to think about. Uh, As before I introduce our guest, which is Sarah Brewer, I wanted to uh, talk about values real quick. I've had uh, clients ask me multiple times, right? What are values, right? I've had people ask me, how do you identify core values? What does it mean to live your values? And here's how I like to explain it to clients. We all, each of us, have core ways of being, core ways of living that are important to us, core ways of engaging in life that provide fulfillment to us. And we call these our values. Um, A lot of times values are summed up in one word statements, right? Like loyalty, courage, resilience, gratitude, compassion. But that one word means different things to different people. And engaging in those values means different things to different people. And so what I've found, and, and this isn't just me talking, this is decades of research around values-based living. What it's shown is that most of the distress we, we feel in life and experience in life comes from living outside of our values. And so, so much fulfillment and peace and contentment comes when we, when we get more in tune with our values and, and live them more fully. So I built this show with the intent of hearing amazing lessons on how to build a life of meaning. And through that, what my hope is, is that listeners can become more in tune with core ways of living that mean something to them, become more in tune with with values and help them engage in that process of values-based living more fully. Well, in that spirit, um, I am so excited to introduce our guest, which is, like I said, Sarah Brewer. Sarah is a certified life coach doing amazing things in in her work with helping people overcome unwanted pornography use. Um, she, her approach is powerful. It's all about helping her clients step out of the shame that can, so, that can sometimes be so prevalent and involved in pornography use and instead step towards their values, become empowered uh, to help, help them better understand ways of living that actually mean something to them. So, so excited for her to share her story. So let's go ahead and jump into the interview with Sarah Brewer. So the question you asked me was like, if I could share one thing, one lesson or principle with the world, what would it be? And what yeah. came to my mind was that really the most life-changing thing, lesson that I've learned and that helps my clients so much is that change happens when we love and accept ourselves exactly how we are. Yeah. And shame gets in the way of that and shame is not useful and shame really keeps us stuck. Yeah. That's what came to mind. I was just about to say, right when you said that change happens when we love and accept who we are, where we are, my mind went, man, that is so hard to do. (laughs) Can be, can be so hard to do. Yeah. So tell me more about that. Tell me more about learning how to love yourself and why that's so important. Yeah. Well, I think especially in our more westernized culture, it's very go, 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 succeed, 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 always searching, trying to be better, trying to be more. And I was, I mean, I've, I've always, I'm that type 
is it type one, like oldest child, perfectionist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right? think like, so. Yeah, like kind of type A type stuff. Is type that a, yeah, yeah. yeah, like trying to be the best, always like super, um, super successful in what I do and like work myself ragged. What yeah. this created in my life though was it, it created a lot of shame and stress and feeling like garbage, a lot of anxiousness, a lot of depression. It was, it was this pattern of, um, like I'm on a train track and it just gets faster and faster and faster and more and get better and better and better. And then I just crash and burn into yeah. these depressive episodes and where I'd just be out of commission. And then I would beat myself up in those depression episodes and, yeah. and feel really crappy and then get out of it and then climb, 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 crash and burn. And it was always from this energy of, I need to be better. I need to be better. I want to be better. And, and I would mm-hmm. kind of lie to myself, like, I don't need to be better, but like, that's just who I am. Like, I just want to be better. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but in the end, you're like, it's super anxiety driven. Just yeah. kind of Is that what you're saying? Yes. Very anxiety driven. So actually that was an epiphany I had. I thought I struggled with depression. Really what I did is I struggled with perfectionism and anxiety that created these depressive episodes. And from this belief that in order to like, I have to be better in order to feel better. I have to get my workout routine down for me to feel better. I have to quit these habits in order to feel better. I have to be this in order to feel better. A lot of a lot of that, I experienced that. So I, I served a mission for my church, experienced that, um, like after six months of my mission, just total crash and burn. Really? My first, uh, and then I got out of it and then crash and burn again, my first, uh, my second semester in college, right? Same thing. That first semester, I just was trying so hard to be better from a place of I'm not good enough that I just crash and burn and just saw this pattern over and over and over again. Um, until yeah. I found life coaching that really helped me recognize what was going on and really helped change my life. When you, when you say I found life coaching, were you, um, were you seeking out a coach and that's how you kind of learned about it? Or tell me more about how this paradigm shift started happening in, in you. Yeah. So I was just finishing up my degree in rec therapy and, oh. uh, I would listen to podcasts while I was driving to and from my internship and, uh, Brooke Castillo, the life coach school. Yeah. And the way she taught things, um, really just kind of blew my mind. And one thing in specific was that is that your feelings create your actions and drive your actions. And so what you're feeling and the emotions that you're using and that you're feeling the most of, that's going to be what creates your actions. And so, um, it's not so much about doing everything right, but it's more about thinking and feeling in a way that will help you create the life you want. Yeah. Well, and as you're talking, I, I'm thinking about what you said, right. About how these cycles that you'd find yourself in, right. Mm-hmm. Of I've got to, I'll be better once I do more is essentially what I'm hearing yeah. you say, right. Like once I get there, um, I I'm, I'm making a guess here. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm making the guess that those, those cycles probably still show up or try to show up in your life every now yeah. and then, mm-hmm. um, as you've kind of gone through this transformation, what, how is, how is current Sarah handling these things differently than be, yeah. before Sarah, pre-Sarah? It's very, very different. And so I can, I can catch on to them and notice them when they come up, but it's not like I did so much work on just loving and accepting myself exactly how I was. And so I don't like, 
I don't have this job that I love and I don't have this workout routine that I love. I, I have these things now, but like I, when I didn't have those, I did so much work on, I can feel amazing about myself right now and nothing has to change. Nothing has to change. And mm-hmm. so what it looks like now is I've really trained my brain to go to that quickly and more automatically than before when my brain was really trained to go to, you're not enough. You're not doing enough. You yeah. need to do more. And so now I just find myself, I, I'm, I have so much grace for myself. I allow myself rest when I need rest. I'm much more in tune with my body. And what that allows me to do is it actually allows me to show up more productive. It allows me to show up um, and to make a bigger difference in my work and, uh, and in my life and in my family, because I'm not operating from a place of I'm not good enough. I'm operating from a place of I am enough. I don't have to do anything. Even if everything crashed and burned and all I was left with was the shirt on my back and my reputation was ruined and all these things, yeah. I still have this deep love and this deep appreciation for me. Yeah. Well, and, and you can you, feel free. You can be as personal as you want with this or or just talk about experience with clients, right? But or, the question that came in my mind was, I'd love to hear your take on, from your experience with yourself, experience working with your clients, what what um, what what develops, what influences these beliefs of perfectionism, right? Like what, what kind of other experiences that you're seeing your clients have in common that are creating this belief of like, I, I can't love myself, right? Yeah, so tell me if, if- you can ask follow-up questions if this doesn't quite cover what you're hoping or, or answer, but what, what I'm thinking, what comes to mind is, so I work with people who want to quit being porn, Yeah. all my clients. And especially when it comes to pornography and sex, there's a lot of shame there. Um, a lot of things we've been taught about it, that mm-hmm. if we are not perfect at this, there is something wrong. And so a lot of it truly is conditioning. Um, I recently did some podcast episodes with this really awesome Christian researcher who, you know, we find that the moral incongruence is just so much higher with people who grew up in Christian backgrounds, which creates so much pain. And I think that's just conditioning. So specifically talking about pornography, this perfectionism, this I'm not good enough and I won't be until I quit comes from a lot of the conditioning of how we were taught to think. I mean, (laughs) like the the videos of, you know, this person, one shot, you see him looking at a computer with porn. The next shot, his wife is leaving, right? Yeah, like, sure. so, yeah. Much, yeah. so much fear and shame. <laughs> you might know the video I'm talking about. Yeah, right? no, exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Yes. So, so much fear and shame and how this actually started for me. Do you want me to talk? Do you have follow-up questions? Or do you want me to kind of talk? No, about please it? keep going. I've got, uh, yeah, I've got questions, but I'm loving where this is going. Please keep going. Just yeah. stop me. Um, but how this starts. So I had someone really close to me. Um, we were, they, they gave me a pornography disclosure Yeah. and, uh, I just remember how hurt and distraught and hopeless this person was. Yeah. And, um, I wanted to learn more about it. I wanted to understand a little bit more. So I went and I did a bunch of research and I learned um, that porn use isn't necessarily about the girlfriend or the spouse or the wife or a sex drive. Right. Porn use is an escape. It's an escape from emotion. Yeah, and yeah. That, 
that gave me so much empathy and love and understanding for this person. And then on, on the flip side of that, I saw the shame, the shame, the shame. I'm not enough. I'm never going to be enough. I have to hurry and quit this so I can be enough. Yeah. And seeing that really close and personal, like how much that actually created more porn use, created more right. hiding and avoiding, created it, made it so much worse, so much worse. Um, that it wasn't until this person started actually addressing the shame, they were able to, to make some, some headway on that. And so come back to, I'm graduating college and I'm finding life coaching. It's changing my life. I love business. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to start doing life coaching. I start coaching, um, Christian return missionaries. And so many of them are coming to me with like, I need help with porn yeah. and help with this. And it was almost like, uh, like a, like a calling I felt because, uh, we started using these same tools. We really worked on the shame, really worked on feeling good enough now. And the changes they saw were so much greater than they had seen maybe when they were going to addiction recovery and they were every week repeating, I'm powerless to this. And maybe, you know, yeah. trying to quit from a place of, I have to quit. So I can be good enough. Yes. Uh, instead we're good enough now and we're quitting because that's what aligns with your values. Yes, man. You just hit on a couple super important things, super powerful things. This idea of, of, and I work a lot with clients when it comes to like emotion and stuff, we, our mind is really quick to, to use the word, but right. Like I'm, I, I really, I really want to feel good enough or I really want to love myself, but I can't until I do this right. Or, or that, but with emotions, it's all about and, right? Like, like we, I am good enough and I want to improve in this, right? Mm -hmm. I can yeah. love myself and be upset at the same time, right? Yeah. And I remember working with kind of similar, I'd love to hear your take on this, but I remember working with a client who wanted to work through pornography mm -hmm. and like what you said, just like, just, just shame was so heavy on this mm -hmm. person. And I remember we like drew a circle and like just listed out all of the parts of him, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like friend, son, uh, worker, funny, like all, like every part of him. And then right here in this part, we wrote it views pornography, right? Mm -hmm. And just talked about like, this is a part of you, but this isn't you. Like, this isn't like our mind, I think wants to just blow up, Right. The thing in front of us and make us feel like we're, we are we identify by that thing but learning how to recognize that no it's not but it's and right there's so many parts of us right and yes. and it doesn't have to we're no one of us is defined by any one thing i don't know i'd love to hear kind of what your take is on that and, and yeah that, that's so good and so true and i i love that perspective a lot of times we make the porn struggle our whole identity and if we can zoom out a little bit more um, and see that there is so much more and this is one small part of you, it stops giving it so much power, right? When we yeah. make it such a big thing, we give it a lot more power than maybe it actually has. Yeah. Um, and I love the power of, and I'm thinking like, I'm not necessarily, like I'm viewing porn and that's against my values and I can love myself and I'm still good enough. I cannot be perfect and be good enough. Yeah. Yes. It's this crazy life paradox that, and it's such a hard thing to learn because a lot of us haven't been taught this, but it, it is true that the more you accept yourself, the easier it is to change. 
And so, so many people really resist that because they think if I accept myself, I'm going to justify, I'm going to go be poor. Those are very two opposite sides of the spectrum. Can you, Um, can you share more about that? Cause I think you're spot on. I think if you really slow down someone's mental process of, of why it's so hard to mm-hmm. um, be loving and self-compassionate, you start to find out that actually that shame part of them is actually protection, right? Mm-hmm. It's this protection. It has this unhelpful belief of if I'm not hard on myself, then I won't ever change, right? Like I have to be hard on myself or else I'll be complacent, right? Mm-hmm. Can you talk to me about with your work with your clients and even just in general? Because we're this idea of shame comes up with way more than just like pornography, right? Yeah. Like this comes up with a lot of things. How do you process through that? How do you work through that? How do you help clients work through that and help them realize? Yeah, help help them process through that unhelpful belief around shame. Yeah. So it first just takes some awareness of what shame actually does and actually causes. And so looking at patterns in your own life of what you do when you feel shame and showing that to yourself over and over again, I think of emotions like fuel and so types of emotion that you're spending the most time in is going to be the fuel for the rest of your actions. Yeah. And shame is crappy fuel. It doesn't really get you very far. (laughs) So, so first recognizing that and seeing how that's true and seeing how that really plays out in your life and showing your brain that. And so that you can call it out instead of just believing, no, I need shame to feel better. Really seeing specifically how your life, that that, that's just not true. It's not true. Seeing those patterns and then recognizing that it's not either shame or justification, but that there's some middle ground here and allowing yourself to play with what do I do when I feel good enough? If Mm. I'm having an urge to view porn and instead, instead of like feeling shame, what's wrong with me for wanting to view porn, you feel good enough and you feel worthy. What do you think you would do? Like, what do you think your actions would be when you're feeling good enough? Mm. And most people, when they feel good enough, they don't view porn. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) because they don't want to, or because porn is a way that they escape emotion. And when you feel good enough, you don't need to go and escape or right. When you feel good enough, you're still going to do things that are difficult, right? Yes. You're not going to, you're not going to just, Oh, well, I'm going to go view porn. Yeah. It's hard. No. Like when you feel good enough, you do things that align with your values because you feel like you can, you feel that confidence. Boom. I, I think that's so important. Yeah. When we feel good enough, we, we don't feel the need to run away from the pain where we, we believe in ourselves. We believe I can, I can carry this pain with me. I can, I I love you. You've got one of multiple episodes, but one of your episodes, right. was specifically was talking about, um, experiencing an urge to view pornography. I love how you phrase it. You're like, you walk someone through a client through of like, um, you feel like you're, heart is racing you feel like you have to wait on your chest it feels scary but you're actually safe you're actually fine right mm-hmm. and learning how to just hold that emotional experience lightly mm-hmm. gently right yeah. instead of jumping in and i think when we feel good enough when we feel when we are in line with our values we're willing to embrace that amount of discomfort yes. in our life regardless of what it is whether it's pornography or fears of some sort you know yeah and it's, it's I'm, I'm good enough and that means that there's nothing wrong with me for feeling this feeling. Yes. Yeah. This. I don't have to be afraid of this urge. And just because I have an urge, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. Yes. And I can sit with this without indulging. Yeah, absolutely. 
So cool. So cool, Sarah. And, um, and can I just add to one last little piece is I think a lot of times, right. As I've worked with clients, the shame part of us comes up when you really explore it. it, it a lot of it, a lot of times it's tied to unhelpful experiences. Like when you're young, mm-hmm. like messages you received from loved ones, from society, from community, community culture, like whatever it is. And so when that shame voice talks, learning how to hold that part of you close, you know, and realize yeah. that, that, um, yeah, like that, that shame voice is like I kind of said earlier, it's there to, it's trying to protect that little version of yourself that felt like you had to be perfect. That felt like you were, you weren't just worthy of love. And I think so much of working through shame is learning how to hold that part of you close and, and yeah, get- not shaming the shame. Yes, exactly. Right? That, that adds all these layers. What's yeah. wrong with feeling shame? Come on, go away. No, yeah. this is, this is like a part of you that maybe is feels young and that trying to protect you and we love it and we don't have to just believe it yes totally well sarah tell us a little as we're coming to the wrapping up the episode tell tell us a little more about what you're doing with clients we've talked about right you're helping with pornography but tell us give us a little more specifics of where people can find you where people can access your services just kind of give us a spiel of, of of what you're doing yeah, so I have a free masterclass that I send people to. It's called How to Quit Viewing Pornography Without Using Willpower. So it helps you get out of teaching. Well, love the title of that, by the way. Yeah, right. There's this pattern of no, 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 give in. No, 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 give in. It's just yeah. exhausting. And so I teach people how to get out of that in that masterclass. That's what I typically send people to first to get a good introduction of me and my process and then to get some t- good tools to start moving forward. And then like you mentioned, I also have a podcast called Overcome Pornography for Good. Those are the two best ways to start learning and, and understanding the tools that I have. I also have a program for clients who want to dive in and work with me a little bit more personally. Um, that's on my website, sarahbrew.com forward slash work with me. So that's, that's where I would point people if they want to learn more about me. Cool. Then we'll put those links in the show notes so people can, can find you. Sarah, I was telling you this uh, before we start recording, but I just wanted to say it now um, that you, I, the reason I want to reach out to you is because I refer my own clients to your resources, right? It's just super helpful. Such good stuff. Um, you're making a big difference. And so thank you so much for putting a lot of good out there in the world and would encourage people if you're listening um, to to use your resources. And so just thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Impact. If uh, this show is making a difference in your life, it would mean the world if you'd be willing to, to subscribe and leave a, leave a rating and review. Those are two uh, really small things, especially with this show being so uh, being brand new. Those are two small things that make a big difference in, in getting this show in front of more people. So any help that way would be so, so appreciated. And as well, feel free to follow me on LinkedIn and on Instagram at michaelanderson.mft where I post content on both those platforms uh, just on how to find and and live our values and, and build a life of meaning. Thank you so, so much.